Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the fight game on twelve thirty. The game at twelve o'clock, the new time here permanently for the fight game because football is king. And once football comes rolling back around at eleven o'clock, taking its rightful spot is going to be football laugh time. And you know, a little bit of funny because football is king, and when football season comes back around. Got to make room for some football, but I couldn't have a better show to lead me into the fight game once the season comes around. So we're going to be at 12 permanently from now on. You can follow us at 1230 The Game on Twitter, me at Damon underscore the boss on Twitter, and my advocate, my tag team partner at Jared Justice. That's just us, not justice as if you need a lawyer. You can follow him on Twitter as well as he is always tweeting out some bangers. <laughs> You're too kind. Yes. And you can call the show at 702-221-8982 if you want to jump on the fight game and be involved. Who knows what we could talk about? Whatever you want. Whatever on your mind. But we do have a good show for you today. Evan Mack from The Ringer, the Mac Mania podcast, is going to be joining us. One of the most energetic people in all of professional wrestling. Former WWE employee, actually, used to work on The Bump for the WWE, the uh, Twitter show that they have there. So very excited to have him on. I, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on, and I have got some really, really dumb questions for him. Oh, yes, and we can't forget about the way we close out every show, A Few Good Minutes with Jared, and that's always keeping me on my toes, keeping me in the dark about what it's going to be. Oh, Jared, man, you know what? A Few Good Minutes to tie in uh, before we even ring the bell. Uh, what I was going to get into, my recap of UFC – my recap of UFC Vegas 58, George St. Pierre was there. And for one of your few good minutes, it was an athlete you would want to open a small business with. Or, you know, something like I think you, you named an artisanal uh, muffin shop, an artisanal muffin shop. You know, just something. What athlete in all across all sports would you want to do it with? And my answer was George St. Pierre because he is the nicest guy. And you see him sitting cage side at the UFC Apex. Shout out to the UFC. And you just think, oh, man, he's there. And you see that he's basically right there commentary. I can't get to him. It's a small venue, but I can't just try to waltz my way over and say, hey, Mr. St. Pierre, big fan, big fan. I'd like to open a small artisanal muffin <laughs> shop with you. <laughs> if you're looking for business opportunities, you bring 100% of the capital, the investment, and the name. But we can go back to back on the poster. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I've, I, what's funny is when I come up with those questions, I don't have answers to them most of the time. So it's always it's always good to hear other people's answers and then just be like, "Oh me? No, I have no idea." But as but true to why I what I think of him, the, me seeing him in person, as he's leaving out, you've got his guy, let's say his business manager, whoever his wrangler is, to be like, he didn't stay for the entire card. A fellow Canadian was on the um was on the prelim, so he says, "Hey man, you know, gonna come out and watch the fellow countrymen." But he's there, and he's trying to take a picture with everyone as he's heading for the door. And you've got the guy that's like, come on, we got to go, we got to go. GSP doesn't care, taking the selfies with everybody. And as he's walking out, you know, I say, hey, champ, big fan, just put out the hand. That's all I need. You know, put her there. And it's like, wow, me and GSP. And it made me think real quick, a side tangent. You know, you grow up with these athletes. Yeah. But then you grow up, and then 
they still have they le- their legacy. They know what they accomplished in the ring, in the octagon, whatever field or court of their of their specialty. But it's like now I'm a grown man and I finally get to meet you. Can I still have that excitement and wonder of when you wowed me when I was 12 years old? <laughs> is it is it weird now as me as 26 years old? Because the other the other um example with John Cena, I'd be man John Cena. I've been watching you since I was like 10. It's been 20 years of Cena, and I've been a part of the ride for all 20 of them. <laughs> I would see it. I would just nerd out and be like, "Speak Mandarin, speak Mandarin." Don't do it. Just but do, do it. they? But, but like, do they look at us as I don't know who maybe one of your favorite athletes growing up? If you finally got to meet them, it'd be like, "Why is this oddly shaped adult so obsessed with me?" Because I've been watching you. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> like, I grew up with you. You were like my. You were my dude. Because it's always take the time for kids. Yeah. And it's just, but I, w- I used to be one of those kids, so now yeah. take the time for me. <laughs> you know, you see it at, um, was it Debo Samuel? He had a recent event, football player for the 49ers, where he didn't sign autographs. And it was a big brouhaha of just like, oh, he, w- he didn't sign that kid's ball. And, you know, and he's got to get on Twitter and explain this, that, and the other. But imagine if you're still that guy at 28 years old of just, hey, man, I really wanted that autograph like 20 years ago, but uh, can I get it now? I just I, I the only thing I can imagine is like I would be awkward enough to be like do, do you want to go grab a beer P- please P- please or it turn into the Chris Farley show oh yeah, had, yeah. Um, oh, it would, Paul yeah. McCartney remember when you did that uh one thing yeah yeah that was cool that is exactly that's I think every single time so I've met Shaquille O'Neal and every single time I've met him it's been like, hey, hey, Mr. O'Neal, how, how are you? You're really giant, you know that? You remember in the playoffs where you spun off the guy <laughs> and Kobe threw you the alley-oop and you caught it one hand and then you pointed at Kobe as you guys were back, ro- running back down the court? That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, let's ring the bell. Speaking of UFC Vegas 58 that was held at the UFC Apex this past Saturday, I've got to give shout-outs to the UFC. This was my first event. Obviously, I've been to the Apex for media days or, you know, weigh-ins, just to go to the Apex for events. But this was my first time there for an actual card. And it, it was one of those events where you're to be so close, to be in such an intimate setting, it gives you a new appreciation for fighters in the UFC inside the octagon because you are right there. And T-Mobile UFC 276 International Fight Week, I'm up in the press box, and I loved every second of it. To get like that feel of, hey man, this arena is rocking. Let's say when Sugar Sean O'Malley comes out. But to just be there and feel up close and personal. Because when I first get in, I'm just sitting in the media room. I didn't think that I was gonna I didn't think I was gonna have floor access because the previous event didn't have the floor access. I look at my badge, it's like, hey, I can uh, so I, I I can uh I can watch the fights from I can go inside, huh? I don't have to stay in the media room. They're like, Yeah, man, go go for it. It's like, oh, 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 well, look at this. I felt like an anointed member of the UFC media. And I'm sitting in there, and it wasn't the first fight. It was the, it was the second fight with Kennedy. I am going to butcher this last name. Give me just two seconds. Kennedy Zinchukwe. And he was fighting Carl Robertson. And it ends in a second round and a second round stoppage. But with Carl's corner, he, there, his corner's right in front of us, literally 10 yards max in front of us. And you hear them trying to give them the advice, get up, do this, do that, scramble, you know, fight back, whatever they're saying to him. It's like, man, this guy's just not listening. 
<laughs> they are giving him the coaching. I hear the coaching. He hears the coaching. He's down on the ground close to the close to their side of the cage, and it's just, man. Because sometimes on TV you're like, what are they saying to this guy? What's the actual coaching like? And it's like, no, I heard it up close and personal. And no, he just wasn't. I know it's hard to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst yeah. as another grown man, this is in the light heavyweight division, this fight, you know. So these are guys that have to cut down to 205. So imagine them walking around 230, 240. So these are big guys. So it's not, it's, okay, you get a guy that's probably rehydrated up to 230 off of you that easy. The one that I always enjoy that you ever every once in a while will pick up is uh, cover up, cover up, and it's like, no, really, you want me to, you want me to try to protect myself from getting punched? <laughs> Thanks, coach. And then, but so from there, like, because the first fight, you know, you're not really, you're like, hey, let's get settled in, watch it in the media room. But that's like my first fight right there in the apex, and you can just see where the apex. I don't know who's actually allowed in the apex, but there's definitely friends and family, so you can just hear because it's quiet, you know, as a ch- as church. And then you just hear someone that's in one of the sides of the stands just, come on! And it's like, oh, they're definitely related to that guy. <laughs> because no one, everyone else is like, you hear a big punch. Ooh, ah, that punch almost landed. And then it's just, ah, come, come on, go! It's like, get definitely a cousin or something. <laughs> some, and, and he's at least on the payroll. <laughs> that's somebody's uncle. And then the next fight, you'll enjoy this. It was Cody Brundage versus Treshawn Gore. And at first, I'm thinking, okay, a nice fight. They fought each other on the amateur scene. Trishan Gore comes out to return of the Mac. And at that point, I'm like, hey, this is the best part of the night right here. Prelim still. Return of the Mac. I'm like, hey, I tweet out. Hey, man, you know, I like, uh, hey, man, Gore coming out to the ring. All right, got a root for the brother. And then Cody Brundage comes out the opponent. Nine to five, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah, that's a good, ooh. So, So for me... Hey, I don't know too much about either fighter. I know their backstory, you know, fighting in the amateurs. But who do I want to take in this fight? I'm choosing it off of theme song alone. Who has the better walkout song? Jared, I, I say, before you even know a winner, because you, you don't know the winner of this <laughs> of this fight here, who do you think won? If you had to just choose off of walkout sign. I mean, I... I this I, is how we do it. Versus 9 to 5. I know I wanted to ride with this is how we, but it's just, you know, working nine to five. Cody Brundage ends up getting the knockout victory. A first round knockout as well. You know, you got two guys in there and it was just, they were trading. And just, man, but the nine to five took the victory of first round knockout. And then to, for him to go back after the fight and like my tweet about, uh, it's a toss up, guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was like, he was that's really good. That's really good that he's he's back there. He's like, just knocked a guy out and awesome. All right. Yeah, because I, I, that's what I tweeted. I was like, hey, this is how we do it. Hey, I like this guy. Hey, Brundage came out to 9 to 5. It's a toss-up. It's a pick em. It could go either way at this point. <laughs> this is why we don't – this is why we probably don't give, like, real picks. Like, yeah, put your money down because we'd be like, hold on, everybody. We're not going to be able to give out picks until we find out what people are walking out to – or if there is some sort of weird anime reference they make in their training. And then the next fight I want to highlight is Saeed Narmagomedov. He could be a cousin of Habib. We do not know. He's also from Dagestan, Russia. But, Jared, this is what I mentioned. You, you kind of record when I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. When I say, hey, if the guy is Russian, if he has the beard, this guy means business. And Saeed Narmagomedov. <laughs> I believe I believe your exact was if he's a Muslim. 
<laughs> yes, of course. He has, to be strong, has to also be strong in the faith. Yeah, that's here. Like you don't want to mess with a man of faith. That I'm just like, I don't know if that's a huge factor, but apparently we've we've got two we have two examples of you being right, and I'm pretty sure I have like CM Punk is a, is the only other reli- like the only non-religious athlete I know of. All right, so Saeed at one thirty-five. And you're thinking like, okay, how's this gonna go? He's an Omegamedov. Is he? Could, did he just adopt the name? Did he just say, hey, we're from the same village, and I want to take the name too? I, I could fight a little bit. Who knows? But he didn't have the strong wrestling background that you see that Habib has in his younger brother. This guy was standing on the feet, and Douglas De Silva Andrade was his opponent. And I've got to give. I know this is just at 135, but Andrade, this guy was chiseled out of stone. Not the, hey, all of these guys, once you get to that low of a weight class, that everybody's just going to be skinny because they've got to cut this weight. This guy had muscles on top of muscles. And you just think, I don't know if he's going to win this fight. But if there's just a body competition in the UFC, he's got my vote. You know, best in show. I mean, he might, it might be an easier career. Yes, than getting... Oh, and this was the fight. This was the family brawl. Not a brawl, actually. Not literally. No one actually got to sit and fight in the stands. But this was just, oh, the, the family's here. Because you've got Saeed, and he is throwing a, like just bountiful kicks. He was putting on a kicking display of just trying to get his kicks off from any and which angle. I don't know who was in the stands. But it was a, a woman, could have, a woman relative, let's suppose, that was shouting in Russian. And then you've got someone else shouting in Portuguese for the Brazilian fighter. And it was a little distracting. Because I needed subtitles. Yes, I'm looking over. Obviously, they're not arguing with each other. They're arguing with what they're seeing in the cage. But I was enthralled. So look, I don't understand a word. Not a lick of Portuguese. Not a lick of Russian language that I can understand to the ear. But boy, were they mad. I mean, in fairness, most Russian I've heard sounds angry, even if it's just like, hello, how are you? It's just a very, it's a very hard consonant language. And then at the end of the fight, let's actually get back to the fight, because Saeed, he was really just dominant on the stand-up with the kicks that he was being able to put on, just his striking in general. And he won the fight by a unanimous decision. But the one thing that I would like to see from his style Sugar Sean O'Malley, I know that it's, hey, let's move him up in competition. Let's get him up in competition. Ah, you know, the the past fight with Munoz, the eye poke, Munoz was top 10 opponent. Let me see Saeed. Let me me get two guys at 135 who are just going to go out there and trade. I don't know because I'm still not sold on the sugar train. And I would just rather see that because I, I saw the memes where, you know, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he goes out and throws a bunch of strikes and wins by decision. It's boo, do more. Saeed Nurmagomedov does the same thing. Isn't this great? And it's just, hey, maybe I am being a hypocrite. Two guys going out fighting a similar style, and one guy I'm like, ah, get over yourself, and another guy I'm like, ah, this was great. I need to see more. So let me just see them together. And then the main card, let's move to the main card on ESPN. You had Jamie Malarkey, and he defeated Michael Johnson by a split decision. It was the fight of the night. I follow Max Crosby on Twitter, the Raiders defensive end, and he had it going towards Johnson. But this was one, the damage, just when you see the blood, I know that sometimes for people, 
whose face is messed up more, that's probably going to determine who the winner of the match is, like who inflicted more damage. And I just feel like for Malarkey, he busted him up good. And it was just Michael Johnson definitely won that third round. But in the first round, just getting caught with a close elbow that split him open a little bit, it was the perfect cut. And just, wow, but just a war between two guys. When the main card starts like that, where you're just like, woo, I don't know how they're going to top this. Literally did not know how they were going to top this fight because Michael Johnson's a veteran. He's one of those guys that I remember him back in his Ultimate Fighter days, maybe a decade, over a decade ago. And it's just like, man, still chugging along in the UFC. Good to see. Good for him. And now the main event, because this was the battle of the Rafaels. Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Faziv. And it was one of those fights, it was kind of a toss-up. I had Faziv as maybe as the favorite here going in because he's the young guy. He's got the potential. And you see Dos Anjos where he says, I just want to stay busy. I will go down in the top 10 rankings. I think, yeah, but he's, no, he's ranked, he was ranked 7, and at the time of this fight, Fazeev was ranked 10. He's like, hey, man, I'll still go down. I just want to stay active. He knows that the light, he can see the light at the end of the tunnel. A former champ almost was a two-time division champ, you know, when he tried to move up to welterweight. But this is a guy that's like, hey, I don't have that many years left, so I want to stay as active as possible. Can't wait for the proper matchup to come, especially with how the lightweight division is looking now with Charles Oliveira being stripped of his title. So who knows when the next championship fight is actually going to happen. And it was one of those fights where Fazeev, he has some of the best takedown defense in UFC history. Only second to welterweight champion Kamaru Usman. I think he's about 95% at defending takedowns. And you could just see in that fight where the way that Dos Anjos was trying to set up his takedowns, it just wasn't very effective. He would strike, strike, and then come up and then duck for the double leg. And it just wasn't in rhythm. But he was getting tagged a lot from Fazeev. <laughs> And then you get the fifth round knockout, and some people may have thought that the fight stopped too soon. I remember uh, Aljermaine Sterling, bantamweight champion. He also he was there live as well at the Apex, and he said, "Hey, I think that that stoppage was too soon." And you can agree with that, but hey, he got knocked down, you know. And it's just it's time to get. It was a finish in my eyes. It was not an early stoppage. I was talking to Heidi Fang, co-worker here at Lotus Broadcasting, over on the morning tailgate, Radio Nation Radio nine twenty, and she said, "Hey, man." I put a bet down on Fazeev because Dos Anjos, he always, he falters in the main event. And even though it's the main event of just a card at the apex, it's just like, huh, man, you're right about that. Sometimes you've got those guys that can't win the big one. Yeah, I mean, that's, man, that's a really, really, really interesting point. I didn't know, I didn't, it's obvious now that you didn't like, Heidi says it, or like, and you you say it, there are guys like that that I just I didn't even think about that as a like part of fighting of like oh yeah when he's in the main when he's the main draw he you know collapses in on himself and it's like oh yeah so it's that absolutely makes a hundred percent sense it's uh yeah uh, basically like a quarterback who can't like hey I'll get you I'll get you twelve wins and then I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin in the playoffs paid Manning until he won it. Kind of, yeah, actually, that's a perfect example. Uh, Andy Dalton, anytime he's on primetime, he's literally <laughs> just like, it's uh, it's like those old direct TV commercials. I'm I'm Andy Dalton, and I'm primetime Andy Dalton. 
that then, was that was me trying to do Patrick, and it didn't it didn't okay. <laughs> Patrick Star from SpongeBob. And after the fight, I love Raphael Aziz because you know it's just like oh you know it's titled as hey man Battle of the Raffles, you know just something fun. So you have Michael Bisping, former middleweight champion. He's like okay, you know he's got the British accent. I won't try to do it. I slipped into it a little bit. But he's like no no no, not gonna do the British accent. <laughs> not, we're not gonna go back to back with bad uh, with bad, bad yeah, yeah. So I will stop before I get ahead of myself. Michael Bisping asks. Who do you want next? Obviously, this is a big win. Number seven in the division. You're obviously going to be moving up. Rafa Nadal. Yes, that Rafa Nadal. He says, I want to be the best Rafa in the world. Wait, what? Why? All right. Fair enough. And then, so you think it's maybe it's, it's a bit for TV. He knows he's on TV. You know, it's the fight. Yeah. The fight just ended. You know that he's the main event. The press conference room. You know, we're waiting around. And, you know, he finally comes up there. And so, you know, in a serious setting, oh, so who do you want to see next? And he's like, I said it in the cage, Rafa Nadal. <laughs> he's like, maybe he's like, maybe the first couple of rounds are tennis, and then maybe we just make the fifth round UFC. Oh, God. And I'll win in that. Yeah, duh, you are. Of course you are. <laughs> You're a trade fighter. And Ra- yeah, but he wants to be the best Rafa in the world. I recently met another Damon. Really? Yes. That's like that's shocking to me because I'm like, what, one of the things that I, I've, I've always appreciated about you is I've never met another Demond, and I've never, especially spelled the way you spell it, and I've never met a Jared who spells Jared the same way I spell it. Yeah, but you know, it's another Demond, and it's just you know what? I don't know what he does for a living. It was kind of just like a, a funny, like, hey, you're somewhere, and someone's like, hey, you guys both have the same name, ah. I want to be the best demon there is. <laughs> Never met another, but now I want to be the best demon in the world. So I can appreciate that. And also his honesty in the post-fight press conference where he says, yeah, he broke my nose in like the second round. And then you're thinking, like, did he actually? He's like, I've never had a broken nose before, but he just knew. He said, yo, he ate a shot and his nose was broken. And an update for Rafael Fazeev, he has had surgery on said broken nose. <laughs> he knew it. He called it immediately that his nose was broken. And that just goes to the toughness Real quick, I'll applaud every fighter on the card, win or lose, because there's no way. Not a chance. <laughs> you punch me and you break my nose, we're calling it. <laughs> I'm done. It's it's the uh it's yeah, my fighting my fighting skills are the okay, if you punch me first, it's over. But if I punch you first, it's over. We have a set guideline, one punch, that's it. And another fight that I want to touch on because this was the funniest part of the night for me. Ayman Zababi versus Ricky Turcos. And it was just a fight where Ricky, he comes out and he's doing the wildest of things. Where he's he's basically, he's doing theatrics. Like, you know, like that type of stuff that you would see in a martial arts movie. And Eamon, basically, I asked him after the fight, I asked him, you know, during the press conference, did any of that throw you off, the fact that he's, did you plan for that? Because he mentioned that he had to change up his game plan because of the way that he was fighting the fight, you know, the way Ricky was fighting the fight, you know, so he had to change his game plan a little bit for his opponent. So I follow, I piggyback off of someone else's question. Oh, do you mean the way that he was coming at you like a Kung Fu movie, some of the theatrics that he was doing? He's like, no, nah, not really that. It was weird, but it didn't phase me. <laughs> It was weird. I, I definitely, I, I kind of was like, "What the hell are you doing, man?" But, but no, no, it's, it's yes, and that's exactly how he put it. Was just 
Yeah, it was kind of weird. I don't know where any of that came from. He's never done that in the previous <laughs> fight when we watched tape. <laughs> like, um, God, this is so this is so stupid. But uh, I, my friend Sven from high school once got into a fight where he literally started pumping his arm straight up in the air, and he's like, get it to- going towards the guy, and the guy is like slowly like lowering his hands like what are you and then he just punches him in the face <laughs> but it was such a like I, it almost looks like he was doing jumping jacks slowly at the guy and the, it discombobulated him so much that he let his guard down did that one punch win hit your friend the fight well that's how we fight one punch so the one guy got punched in the face and like ah oh, man you win yeah it was it's just like i don't want to do this anymore okay the ultimate example of this and some of the listeners may know but i'll give you a little history lesson jersey shore the fight between Mike the Situation and Ronnie, where Mike the Situation is getting all amped up, and he's like, you want to go, bro? You want to go? Take it off a shirt, getting a little crazy. Tries to bang his head against the wall. Hits, what do you call it? The stud? Like yeah, the hits actual, the stud? Hits the stud. Concussion. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the, oh, hold on. <laughs> who was the... Um, who was the quarterback? One, quarter- one of the funniest reality TV fights I've ever seen in my life. I'm trying to remember who was the quarterback who, uh, to get himself amped up for a game in the NFL, he headbutted the like the wall where, like the 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 wall in the stands, and he gave himself a concussion and couldn't play the game. We'll have to look that up during the break because just the guys who amp yourself up so much, trying to get into your opponent's head so much that you end up losing the fight. When we come back, we're going to have Evan Mack from the Ringer join us here on the Fight Game. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Fight Game. With Iman Cotton. All right, and we are back here on the fight game on 1230 The Game. And I am pleased to introduce my next guest, the host of the Mac Mania podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Evan Mack, how you doing, my friend? I'm well, my brother. How are you? Good to be on, man. Appreciate you. Oh, man. And first off, I've got to start off with you came up with the phrase on the last episode of Mac Mania that stuck in my head. Crock pot booking, and you said it, and I was like, "Man, this brother's on to something. He's a walking gym." <laughs> yeah, I swear we were. When I was just talking, listen, man, it's early in the morning, and I just sometimes I just go, and and I was like, I swear, I was like, "Yo, you know what, man? That's we gotta we gotta try to keep we gotta get that trend to something, brother. Like, come on now, we gotta get a t-shirt, we gotta get a bumper sticker, we gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta slow cook these storylines, brother." Exactly, it is just the way you said it. Got to get the. The storyline's cooking, and the one storyline that I want to talk to you about, just when it comes to crockpot booking, theory, drop the Austin, but just theory, you know, losing the U.S. title, now winning the money in the bank on the same card, what do you think they're doing with him? Because I do think that they are giving him the push. I know what they want us to do. They want us to hate him. He is Vince McMahon's chosen one. But do you think that they should let this simmer a little bit more? Yeah, that that's that's all I wish they would do, and because we we see the young man get do if you if you're watching the product, if you're watching and watching wrestling for the last twenty years, you you know the young man can go, um, especially in the ring. Um, I I still think he's sort of trying to find himself on the mic as far as believing himself because he's actually not a bad person. And when you're not a bad person in real life, it's hard for you to tap into that bad guy persona. So I don't think he believes himself just yet. And that's another reason why I think it needs to simmer a little bit longer. But I'm telling you, man, I almost guarantee you, brother, that he he walks out of summer like with the title. Like I, they they're not even making no bones about it. But I do wish they would slow build him just a little bit longer because, because, because I, I believe it was Riddle's time before uh, series time. To be honest with you. Hold on, so you already think that they ready to put the rocket on his back that much? SummerSlam. You already, 
Listen, you heard it here first on the fight game. Listen to your boy. With, with my man, Mr. Cotton, you heard it here first, brother. Um, the Roman Reigns does not leave SummerSlam with the title. You heard it here first. What about Brock? Who, so who does he get the pin over? So how do you see the last man standing match end? Because <sighs> you got to be somebody. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's that, my, my prediction didn't go that far. No, but uh, no, we go. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Brock in a, in a shocker. Like he, he gets the, he gets um, Roman Reigns not to beat the ten count, and um, just just so he has to so he pins uh, Brock and not Roman Reigns. That, that's a wild one. I did not. I did not expect it, man. That, man, that's a wild I'm one right you. there. Yo, this is why. This is why I wanted to have you on. Come right out of the gates, dropping some bombs on me. I mean, Austin Theory leaving SummerSlam. As the WWE Universal Champion, no question, man, undisputed, uh, undisputed. undisputed. Excuse both me, both excuse both me. Titles. And might and might and might have and might get the United States title the same night. No joke. So they just have him. Le- he's a triple champ. No, very big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man. They are making no bones about it. He's he's been calling a shot for the past two and a half weeks. We'll see. We'll see. But just to answer your question, you know, in a roundabout way. Like I said, I do think it's just too soon. If they're gonna, if that's their end game in less than three weeks, man, that's soon, brother. All right, so keeping it keeping it still on the WWE train. Before I'm going to move over to AEW, want to get your thoughts on Fighter Fest that happened last night as well. What is going on in that WWE mid card then? Because I still think that theory in my booking world that they're going to keep theory there. But when it comes to the Seths, the Kevin Owens, Ezekiel's, do you, what do you think about the WWE picture now and how they're booking out the mid card? Well, what's interesting is what just kind of, um, I, I don't know if it got leaked or, or something that they wanted people to know, but like starting next, uh, next Monday, they're switching to TV 14. So they're done with the PG era. So that, that's to me the most interesting news that's come out. If you didn't, if you didn't hear about this, so that means so now everyone's thinking this is going to go back kind of to like the everyone. Or as soon as they heard that, they're thinking about attitude error all of a sudden. So that opens up a huge a door. If, if if by Monday you see that that thing change from TVPG to TV14 on USA, and they get a little more edgier, and they have like Seth Rollins be edgier and people be edgier and leave the door open for more edgier content then I believe that the mid-card can get interesting, especially if they let Walter start having some, some quality matches. Should I say Gunther having some quality matches? And, and Seth Rollins have a, a few with Riddle and, and things like that, and it, and it gets edgier. I think it'll be, be all right if they go the edgier route starting Monday. So if they do go this edgier route, what character do you think would benefit the most, maybe not from in-ring, but like this character is underserved in a PG setting? That's a good question. I was I was thinking about it because it literally just came out right before you called me, man. It was and and I and I checked it like multiple people, so I'm pretty sure it's gonna go down. And I'm thinking like who who would benefit off of that? I don't think Seth needs to. Or let's oh let's put it like this: if you're going, let's say you're doing, um, let's say you're you're uh, switching a riddle just a little bit because riddle can uh, amp up the intensity. He'd be a good bet. Oh, Kevin Owens would would benefit a great deal. Mm-hmm. That, that can get him back to the. That kind of extreme Kevin Owens that he was used to when he was when he was balling in Canada, and, and like I think so. I think a few guys. I'm gonna say KO, um, Riddle. They do that if they if they um, separate AD and Montez. AD could benefit off being a little edgier. Um, so I think I think a few of those options are on the table. I'm so glad you brought up the Street Profits right there. Because one of the things about the Street Profits, I love these guys as a tag team. I think they could do the New Day route and maybe just 
It doesn't need to be the big breakup oh. that they these guys can just keep going. That you don't need the. Oh, I hate it when people try to do the Sean and Marty thing. Like, nope, it's, nobody needs to be the Marty Janetti here. Oh. You just got two guys because when it comes to the in ring work, Dawkins is more my style because I do like that wrestlers wrestler professional wrestling, even though Montez pops off the screen. So, do you think that the breakup is coming, or do you think WWE is just going to let these guys stick together? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I never, I didn't think so at, at one point, brother, until I saw, like, um, how much weight um, Tez put on. Like, good weight, you know what I mean? Like, muscle. Too. when I started to see him doing that and ramping things up, I know part of that was because he, um, it was, it was for, like, health reasons, he was um, a, a slimmer weight. A lot of people didn't know that. He, um, you know, he had to have a surgery, and he, and there were certain things he couldn't do. So I think he was always trying to get that speak. But it, but it, it hit at a time where I see AB ramping it up in the ring, and to your point, I don't think they need to break them up. If they're trying to break them up, brother, for the benefit of Montez getting a singles push, it needs to pay off with some gold. I'm not trying to have y'all get, like, weird and desperate and try to make a new single star because there's not that much superstar quality on the roster just for y'all's entertainment. If y'all going to break up one of the better tag teams in the modern-day era, I need somebody to walk away with something. Exactly, because the most recent example I can think of is heavy machinery. Otis doesn't even get the cash in the briefcase. Tucker gets released, and then you think, what was the point? Now Otis is right back in a tag team. I do like him. I do like him with Gable, but you you do some revisionist history two years back, and it's like, what was the point of that? Exactly, my point right there. But even Alpha Academy, I go, yeah, that's that came that came at a good time, and and trust me, I think he's doing some of his best work of his career. Both of them are. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a remix on Kurt Angle back in the day, but, but Gable's making it his own and separating himself a little bit from Kurt. But, but Otis still is like kind of treading water a little bit. So I'm just saying, if you're going to break up the street problem, man, you got to make it count. you got to at least have maybe AD go heel on Tez. Don't do the obvious thing and have uh, Tez turn on AD. How would you have AD turn on Tez? Man, and, and do something. If you're going to do something, but to, to, I agree with you 100%, brother. Like, they should not do it at all. All right, once again, we're joined with Evan Mack. You can catch him on ESPN Game Night sometimes, and you can also catch him as he's because he's the host of the Mac Mania podcast on The Ringer. And another thing that you said that cracked me up on the past episode, Crock Pot Booking, is that you, you said <laughs> something because one of my best friends always makes the jokes, you're going to have a light-skinned kid, and then what you going to do? <laughs> and then he was, and then it was just like, and I'm always just like, I don't know why you would wish that upon me. But <laughs> talking about Ricky Starks, as I make the transition to AEW, you said he could be, you know, the divide, or you know, he could bridge the gap between light skins and dark skins. And you know what? You said it was another one of those things. Like, man, this brother's dropping gems because Ricky Starks is that dude. What have you seen from him in AEW? That's just he's the guy that they need to put the rocket on his back for that company life i've been searching for the one man that could be the conduit i did it but did i ever think you'd be a light-skinned person to actually do it i thought i'd be a dark-skinned dude to bridge the divide between us but after i've seen absolute ricky starts and what he's able to do and how he's able to be on the microphone what bo- what bothers me about that product is they have some kind of like not homegrown talent so to speak but talent that they are growing that you don't see that often and then people, people were kind of hitting me up being like, Evan, why are you apologizing? They didn't, they didn't put them on TV. So how could you see them? I was like, I, you know what? You got a point there. So it kind of wasn't my fault. So last night, um, they give the title. I guess the, the people who should have won the title won the title, Lee and Swerve. That's, I'm fine with that. But, um, but where does that leave Ricky Starks, though? Because I'm talking, Mr. Cotton, I'm talking about, I think he could be champ, man, like champ champ. 
I'm with you 100%. He's one of those people, if they don't treat him right, I'm not saying go the full MJF route, but he should already think like, hey, man, the things ain't looking better. If I ain't got nothing besides this FTW championship that he never even defends because it's not an actual title that the company oh, acknowledges. So I'd be like, yeah, WWE, what's the offer as soon as this contract's up? Absolutely. That, that, he's a star, and I, I'm not making any bones about it. He, he does everything you want him to do. He checks every single box, and he's, he's what I call Disney Black, and they like Disney Black, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe it's safe man everybody know what disney black means as soon as i hear that you're like you're like i know what that means <laughs> yeah you, you know what's funny because i've never heard you say that before but then i was like oh i know exactly what he means exactly. one of those, oh oh okay disney yeah black. i always i always say that like i say that to everybody i always say that to my wife but but when i as soon as i say it you immediately know what i'm talking about that's that's how you know he's worthy of being the conduit of change brother the conduit of change absolute ricky starks hit the starkman pose on that one <laughs> That was one of the things because, like, I'm a semi-retired indie wrestler, and that's just one of the things, like, man, why didn't I think of that? That's <laughs> yours, man. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, that pose is money. But real that quick, something, is cold. <laughs> something that you said that piqued my interest about WWE moving it, maybe if they make that move to T14, is what that could do for Roman Reigns. I know we don't see the big dog, the tribal chief, that much anymore because he signed, like, that new contract and he's on a very limited schedule. But do you think he could take his game to another level if he was able to be a little bit more? Oh, man, I can't even think of the word but because he's already a serious. He's already at the top of his game. But do you yeah. think maybe being a little bit more edgier could make Roman Reigns' character jump to an either another level? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? Because um, there would be another element. There would be another layer of brutality, another moment of brutality if he had a match. Remember the, imagine the match, the hell in the cell you would have with, with his cousin if it was a little bit more edgy. It, it, one of the best matches I've seen in the last five years is that match with his cousin. And from a storyline perspective, from a, the way they told the ring story in the ring perspective, so could you imagine Roman Reigns with with just a, a little bit of the the, the, the collar off, so so to speak? Because I'm telling you, I, I've been I've been I've been looking at multiple sources. I'm almost positive they're going this route. I don't want anyone to get too excited, but it does mean they got a little more wiggle room. And, and Roman Reigns could deal with a little more wiggle room because what you're going to start getting them, you're going to start getting them at the big four pay-per-views. And maybe a fifth, if you're lucky. Maybe something overseas, if you're lucky. But for the most part, man, I try to tell people, I don't know why everyone was getting comfortable with Roman Reigns. Who told y'all he was staying around forever? <laughs> you, you guys should have you guys should have seen this writing on the wall. He's, 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 a, he's a, listen, it's, he's a quarter of the performer of The Rock is on, on the screen. He's going to be in movies, guys. He's already been in the movies. I wanted him to be in more in that movie, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, you know <laughs> when you watch the movie for the wrestling, man. <laughs> and it's just like, yo, I needed more Roman Reigns in this movie. Yeah, listen, y'all. I, I told everyone was like, "You're crazy, you're crazy." I go, "No." He, the same thing. My, my favorite, my favorite wrestler, Cena. The my, my, what he used to say is, "I'm never leaving." Man, you start seeing that ten million dollars, the five million dollars checks roll in for two months of work. It's a little, it's a little hard to keep that energy about. I'm not leaving, and Roman Reigns got some. I'm telling you, he got some stuff on his plate. That's all I'm saying. I know he does. You don't just leave this this company that you love at the top of your game unless somebody's like, ah, I need you over here in Hollywood, brother. Oh, speaking of Cena, because he's my he's my goat too. But just wow, look oh, at you! Yeah. Oh, Glad yeah. I came on the show. Yo, Cena's the goat. I mean, all it ain't time. Even close. Like it, to be real, to be honest, like if I met Cena, that would be the moment of crying. Like I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, where it's 20 years of Cena, right? I'm only 26 years old, so that means for since the age of six, I've been like, "Yo, this guy, this guy's the man." I'll let you in on a secret. You remember when they had the storyline that he had to go film the Marine, but they said Carlito stabbed him in that nightclub? 
tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, Car- Carlito okay, Kurt John Cena slipping. <laughs> it's so crazy you say that though, because everyone's like, "Man, why are you here going?" I go, "I, I, I'll unpack it one of these days, let y'all know exactly why." Longevity for the, for the most part, but it's um that the one of those things where I, where when I when I talk about him being that that great, and you talking about twenty years of John Cena, and everyone's like, "Have you ever met?" I go, "No, never had the pleasure, never had the pleasure to meet John Cena." I'm telling you right now, I don't even know what I do. I might clam up. <laughs> Yo, it'd be, that'd be one of the I might moments. just start saying crazy stuff. Like, I just might start saying catchphrases. Like, crockpot booking and time to win a chain. I might just say, start saying words. I'd have to hit them with, I usually don't do this. You know, I don't act like this around everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of them fans. <laughs> yeah, let me, let, me, let me preemptively say, yo, <laughs> I, I normally wouldn't, wouldn't do that. I swear it's the first time I've ever done it. All right, so do you think he's going to make that return at SummerSlam? Is he going to have a match on the card? Because he came out and it was just like he cut a good promo of just, hey, man, he loves the WWE Universe, and then we didn't see him anymore. Yeah, and I think and I think that was for a reason. Um, I don't think you're going to see Cena for a while. I don't think you're going to see Cena until um, WrestleMania. We'll talk, or maybe the Rumble, maybe the Rumble. Um, I'm telling you, brother, they're doing they're doing interesting things. You're, you're, you're seeing this thing with Theory. You're seeing Ziggy come out. They're starting to program with uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, I think they're panicking a little bit as far as what the card's going to be. Because John, was, I think they were probably banking on John. John's busy, man. I try to tell these haters, y'all better enjoy him. <laughs> All that booing y'all were doing. I go, when he's gone, you might not see him again, or you might not know when he's coming back. And I think we're in that era right now. There will be no John Cena at SummerSlam, but I'm done. All right, and I'm going to let you get out with this one. And again, this has been Evan Mack. You can follow him at Evan T. Mack on Twitter. What do you think of the boys' finale? Um, I breath breathtaking. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just breath, one of those. Man, go ahead, go breathtaking. ahead. Breathtaking. Listen, listen. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. You can go by genre if you want, because I do think genres matter. But if you're asking me the best show on television, it's the boys, and it's not even close. Hands it down, ain't even close. It's not even. We can do genres if you're if you're going to argue genres, saying you know comedy, got I get that's fine. You can we can debate genres, but if you're asking me the overall most entertaining show i've seen in the last three years it's the boys it is absolutely it's per, it literally is perfect start to finish oh hands down man see man we just became best friends man john cena's the goat the boys is the best tv show you've seen in the past three years man i can't wait to have you on again because this has been a blast so thank you for joining me on fight game oh anytime brother really it's an honor to be on man to keep up the good work and um anytime you need me back brother i'll be here to talk to, talk that ish man all right, thank you. Anything that you need to let the people know that you got coming out? What you got going on? Oh, uh, what's what we got going on? Uh, nothing. Go check. Holler at your boy on uh, on Instagram or Twitter at Evan T. Mac. There's always I'm always running my mouth doing something. Uh, yeah, and if y'all ain't watched the boys, watch the boys. Start at, start at season one and, and follow us on this journey, brother. <laughs> All right, Evan, have a good one. All right, and that was Evan Mack. You can follow him on Twitter at Evan T. Mac. And when we come back, we're gonna have a few good minutes with Jared. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the fight game. All right, and we are back here on the fight game on 12:30 the game. Once again, thanks to Evan Mack for joining me on the show and you can follow him at Evan T Mack on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast at Macmania. That's part of the Ringer Wrestling Podcast Network. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not just blowing smoke because he was on the show and I want to hype up his podcast network that he's a part of with the Ringer. 
I love all three shows. Each one, it's it's go-to listening. As soon as the episode drops, you start off with Mac Mania, Cheap Heat with Peter Rosenberg, Stat Guy Greg, and then you also have The Masked Man Show with Cass, with David Shoemaker and Kazim Famawidi. So that's just an, that's a stacked lineup there of just wrestling knowledge, and you get three different podcasts that you can choose from, and it's just bar none when it comes to my wrestling input. Evan breaking some news to me when, he, when he's on the show that WWE is going to go from PG to TV-14. And it's just, hey, that's maybe lead to a little bit edgier content there. So, I mean, even breaking some news, these guys, they know what they're talking about over the ringer. So, you know, give them a shout out if you want to, if you need some more wrestling content in your life. And also, if you want to check out the boys. That was one of those, <laughs> those, was one of those interviews, first time we've talked. But it's like, man, did we just become best friends? Yeah, I, I walked back in and I was uh, I was just like, you're just like, we're... We both like the boys, and I was just like, "This, all right, I'm gonna have to watch this show because it's every every day with you." It's the you watch the boys yet? No, not yet. Haven't watched like 30 episodes since yesterday when I asked you before. Did you watch the boys? Because Jared, it's that good. The only thing that I wish from this this past season finale, Black Noir, I needed. You know, like sometimes you have the superhero battles, and it's just like I needed more of the superhero fight of that one. You know, it's just Black Noir. They did the homie wrong, you know. And it was just one of those. No, I don't know. I <laughs> literally quick. do not know. <laughs> not trying to spoil it too much. If you haven't watched it, don't. You, I mean, if you haven't watched it, you know, fast forward if you're going to listen to the podcast and if you're listening live on the radio, cover your ears. Black Noir. It was the moment of you're going to be seeing, you're going to get embraced by Christ the Lord. No, my brother, you are not. <laughs> no one on this show is a good person. Well, that's, the, that's one thing I do know is that uh, people... The guy, one of the guys who plays one of the main characters, was like, "If you idolize the character I play, you're a bad person." <laughs> like, exactly. he's like, "What is wrong with you people?" <laughs> exactly. All right, Jared, not going to take up too much of your time because this is your time. Let's get into a few good minutes. Let's get it on. All right, I'm about to send you a link, but let me first, uh, while I'm sending it to you, <laughs> let me tell you this: I was pillow shopping online trying to find a weighted pillow you know i love my weighted blankets i literally have one at my parents house in case i have to stay over i've got one in my apartment it's my favorite blanket i'm searching for weighted blankets and i'm i'm searching for a weighted pillow and the first one that comes up it's like a white one and the second one's like a body pillow and then the third one comes up and what did i just send you all right you all this is literally on the fly he just sent me the link i just opened it put my hand in my head or put my head in my hand as i see this the omg buttress pillow soft comfortable great for back stomach and side sleepers relieve stress and anxiety a hundred percent natural i mean what's it a hundred percent natural of so it is a pillow that is designed to look like a posterior it is literally a i mean it's a butt it's like it's like with thighs attached. yeah with thighs with thighs that is true yeah with thighs it comes in a wide range of colors uh, it's $139, which I was like, that seems outrageous. But, yeah, so my third recommended pillow is a pillow in the shape of a butt. The OMG buttress pillow. And, guys, hold on. We're not going to stop there. He says you can get it for $129 in aqua, but then it goes up to $139 if you want it in black. And now it's up to $149 if you want it in the color of booty beach. <laughs> One twenty nine in charcoal, and also one twenty nine in everybody's favorite color, nude. 
the, the, the worst, like the worst part of it is, well, maybe not the worst part, but it's like you scroll through the pictures and it like shows examples of how to sleep on it. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's sleeping like that. Nobody sleeps face down in the middle of a pillow. That you, You're trying to make a different image happen. What you're trying to imply is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for just something that's like a heavy, heavy pillow. Like an ultra-firm pillow. And my, this is, my internet search history apparently went, oh, so you want a pillow that's shaped like a butt? And I'm like, no, no, I, I didn't. All right, Jared, see, I'm glad you said that. Your internet search history led you to this point here. And I think that you just told it on yourself. We just having that moment in minutes that you know you done messed up, right? Because... The algorithm wouldn't suggest this pillow to you if they didn't know you was a nasty man. What is going on in your search history? I don't know. For the internet to think the big cloud in the sky that they say, you know, the cloud is watching always. They said that, hey, Jerry might be into this kind of thing. Oh, oh. My internet search history is also commingled with certain things you've Google search because I left my dumb ass uh, logged in on Google. Okay, so now you try to turn it in on me. If you leave it, if you leave your search, this is how I, this is how I know you're just trying to paint me in a corner. And this, he's lying, Your Honor, because if Jared's Google is ever left open around me, it's in a work setting as we share edit bays. So I would only be looking up things for work purposes. Yeah, like oh, I don't know, like certain mu- like maybe some music that may be like. A reference, or that time Mike Mayock said that uh, he loves bubble butts. That's a you thing. That's in the intro for your show. Again, back to you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is on me. Maybe that's maybe that's why. It's because I've, I've tried to look up all the different times that uh, he's that the former general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. He, the man, would say bubble butts a lot, and apparently that's now my pillow. You want answers? I want the truth. And I think I just got it from Jared Justice here on while he had the OMG butt pillow in his uh, search history. Once again, thanks to Evan Mack as he joined us here on the fight game. That was a pleasure. That was an absolute blast. Thanks to the UFC for the hospitality at UFC 58 at the Apex. I cannot wait to go back. Now after I experienced a fight at the Apex, I don't want to watch a fight anywhere else. And thanks to everyone at Lotus Broadcasting, the new start time. This is going to be permanent from 12 to 1 p.m. on Thursdays weekly. The fight game with Damon Cotton. It's been a blast. Remember, protect yourself at all times, everybody. I'm Damon Cotton. Have a good one.